Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Celtic Way podcast. We all survived Thanksgiving and now we are staring Christmas right in the face. And for many of us, the word Advent probably means something. I know I grew up in that tradition, as did Terry and Scott, as did, I'm sure, most of the listeners of this podcast. So today, we are going to talk about Advent and what it means, what it should mean, and wherever the conversation goes. And wherever it goes, it goes. Yeah, to start out with a definition of Advent, it's a little dry, but it's important to know that early in the church's history, they created this season to prepare us for Christmas. So it was a preparatory time. The word Advent simply means the coming. So you think about the coming of Jesus uh, at the end of history, then two weeks later you focus more on the coming of Jesus as an infant being born. And for Terry and I, who worked at the same church together for 20 years, Advent was a ridiculously joyous and a fast-paced time for not only the two of us, but for both of our family. Yeah, you know, just decorating the church, getting it ready, all the parties, and it was solidifying relationships and buying gifts and preparing. And when the kids were little, you know, of course, there was all the anticipation of Christmas. And we all had a chance to really celebrate friendships and celebrate relationships and spend time with family. It was a time to connect. That was my experience. And then with church and getting ready for the season, you know, we did a lot of contemplation. We did a lot of introspection for the coming and we did a lot of relational stuff in church, Matt. You have to picture this storefront church, right? That Terry and her husband, Brad, and some other people, we begged, borrowed, and stole. And Brad brought in these incredibly beautiful cabinets, remember? And Jerry yeah. put on that top, the countertop. When you walked into the church, my office is to the left. The Sunday school room was to the right. And right after our offices was a bar, not just a tacky looking bar either. It was classy. We called it a it? kitchen. <laughs> oh, the like women of the church called it a kitchen and the men of the church knew it was a bar. And so we were good Catholics. We knew how to celebrate. That's a better word than party, right? We knew how to celebrate Advent. And there's a couple families in the church every year that have huge parties at their house in preparation for Christmas. And Chris and I would walk out of Paul Grach and Joyce Forte's house and after a, a really nice night of wonderful food and great wine, and I'd walk out of that house every time and I would say, now it feels like we're getting ready for Christmas, you know. And we would blow through Advent with so many social engagements and prayer times and singing. The Christmas Eve at Terry's house was like the hallmark. And she decorated and fed us all homemade, homemade Italian lasagna. Yeah, my grandma's lasagna. That's the tradition. Christmas Eve. So we'd pretty. have an open house after Christmas Eve, Matt, and everybody would come. Yeah. And uh, we'd have lasagna, and that was a 
annual tradition. I'm really missing that this year. I'm missing all of that this year. It's uh, such a different season for us. The temptation is to feel the emptiness, to feel the loss, the sadness that goes with it. And my wife, Chris, and a couple other people that have really challenged me, like, what's Advent going to be like this year? How is it going to work? The Celtic background to this is very different than the regular church background for all this. So you think Celtic Christianity, early stages, rural people, monasteries, right? If they gathered, they didn't have big church buildings at all. They gathered around a fire, a cross, outdoors, cold. And they celebrated Advent for 40 days. The Celts have to do things in threes. And so they have the 40 days before Advent. That helps us focus. And I don't think they would use the word Christmas as much as they would use the word incarnation, because that is the central theological point of Celtic Christianity. God is born in the person, the human being, Jesus. And after that, God is being reborn in every living thing, right? At least in terms of God's presence. And then for Easter, of course, we have Lent, 40 days. Well, the Celts couldn't stop at two 40-day periods. They had to have a third. So when Pentecost came, they uh, had a 40-day period after Pentecost to focus in on the life of the Spirit. So they had three 40-day periods built in their liturgical calendar. That's interesting stuff because they're very focused people. They probably wouldn't, Terry, have showed up at all our parties. They probably would have been someplace praying compline or doing something holy and sacred, and we were doing something holy fun, you know. But this year, as I go back and reread the, the Celtic, what they used to do, I began to really sit with this. And I had a conversation with a dear friend. His name is John Makowski. And he was telling me, you know, because we've done Lexio Divina, the divine reading, and we go through these nature walks and we see God in nature. And John came up with this thing about food. Now, he loves to cook. They cook huge meals every week for people. And he said, there is something about food as you're preparing it the aroma. Terry, you know what that's like, because when you make your lasagna or all your other Italian meals, it's the walking into your house is a dream before you even sit down at the table. Then there's the taste, and there's the texture, and it's just a sensory thing, right? And John was saying to me, we need to really learn to experience God in our eating and in our food, because when we read and we do Lexio, we see and we hear. And when we walk in nature, we see and we hear. And sometimes we feel the air or the wood and then we smell. And John says the same thing can happen around food. And that kind of stayed with me. The vision of Celtic Way, Matt, isn't just a stay on the stage of, well, here meet St. Aidan, who is very important, one of my favorites. And here's what he did with his life and what he taught and all this historical stuff. It's important to be grounded in the history and the theology of the Celtic people. But for Celtic Way, we're like, hey, what are we going to do with this stuff, you know? Like, how do we make it come alive? And if God can be found in the book, and God can be found in nature, God can be found in food, 
And I began, I was watching this show on TV this morning about cooking. Terry watches these shows about cooking all the time. I would think they would bore me to tears. But I started watching this one, and it was the stories behind the preparing of this food. Like there's an, a guy from India who lives in New York, and he feeds like 7,000 people every week in India from New York, from all the money he makes. It's powerful. So Chris and I are wrestling with this. How do we do this? Well, we can't find our old advent calendar, so it was exciting to get online today and go order an advent calendar and an advent wreath for us. So we have the candles, the traditional candles to light. And then I thought this. Now this is a little bit out there, but this is what we're going to do. Four weeks of Advent, every week, we're going to choose a country. Because the incarnation of God that we're waiting for in Advent is a signal that God comes not just for Americans, right, but for people all over the world. So we're going to choose a country like Italy. And then we're going to find five or six saints that originated from Italy, write their names down, and we're going to study them and see what they contributed. And two times during the week, we're going to have Italian food. So there'll be the country that we choose and that we will pray for, because Italy needs our prayers right now. We're going to celebrate by five saints from Italy. We're going to take some food, probably spaghetti and sausage, and then we will light the Advent wreath and we will remember all our Italian friends that we have in this life right now. We'll pray for the country. We'll study the saints from Italy. And we'll remember that the light of Christ is shining on them as well as us. So every week there will be a different country. So we're going to go from Italy all the way over to Mexico and halfway around the world to China. And then we'll come back to the United States and have some really good, good old USA food. I love that idea. Along with the food, the saints and the wreath and the praying, we have decided that we're going to give money every week to the World Food Program. They just won the Nobel Peace Prize. 98% of the money that comes in goes into food for people who are really, I had no idea how many more people are going hungry because of this pandemic now. And I think as we celebrate Advent around food this year, I want to make sure we give some money to make sure that other people around the world have something to eat. I think Celtic Way should do that, and I think I'm going to do that. I think it's a great idea. I like the idea that we could give something back to those that are hungry and give them hope. I mean, this is a time of year, like you say, that it's a waiting time of year, and it's very dormant, and it seems very dark. And to provide hope to people in action, I think that's an awesome idea. I'm all for it. And I think that's the key too, Scott, is that so many of us are experienced with the holidays and specifically Advent. It's a corporate setting like both you and Terry already described. And so 
transitioning that to something that we can do with our family, I would think is is quite important. Last year, I'll just put this out there. Last year, my wonderful wife, Susie, who was on the previous podcast of this, she actually created an entire advent calendar you know the ones that you used to get chocolate out of she created her own and instead of putting any chocolate every single day of advent had an activity for our family to do no way every single day some of them were outdoor activities some of them were singing for people in elderly homes some of them were making crafts every single day of advent and it was just for our family and so that was a really special thing that we did for advent last year oh you got a gem she's a gem she is those are some really wonderful ideas it's interesting for me being an empty nester my kids are off at college and my family's not with me anymore so it's a very different environment this year it just seems like it's upside down because you miss all that social activity and you know i like your idea of the countries i think that's a really cool idea to pray for and learn about and you know food is a great way for us to share so many things i have some other things because i'm a big believer that we need to go outside of ourselves right and we also need to go outside as celtic people i saw a hardware store that still has these really light aluminum folding chairs. I need to go buy a couple of those because I think it's gonna be important for us to be outside in the cold and the chill, and even when it's snowing. I think it's really important. It's the time of year that my outdoor activity shrinks. And this year, I wanna push back to that, looking at the sunset, which is a daunting time when it really gets cold. We can see the sunset from our front, and I'd like to put out these chairs and sit and feel the reality that's around us. I'd like to have a long, silent sit with the reality of God's presence in nature. And I want to open my heart to have a warm, gracious embrace in return. I want to have a contemplative moment at the end of the day and just remember in the morning I want to do my walk. My dog's still walking with me outside so I know it's not too cold yet. When it gets real cold I'll take her to the door and she'll just put on the brakes and she'll look at me like okay I have more sense than you do. But I was walking today and everything has been stripped away. The leaves are gone. The green is gone. The grass is brown. It feels dormant, just how it should. You can see your trees, Terry. You look out the window and everything's brown and the trees have all lost their leaves. And I'm sure it's like that for you, Matt, where you are. I mean, you have the seasons there. Yes, we, we've we lost our leaves. Everything is dormant. We're just waiting for the snow at this point, yes. And we, last year... I had the same feeling last year, actually, Scott, of that need to continue to get outside in the winter. And a couple of things that I did that really helped me get through last winter is we put on our snowshoes and we would trudge through the the snow, you know, um, still being able to go on the same walking trails that we go when it's nice, but with snowshoes on. And some of those walks that I went on all by myself, you know, in the early morning or in the evenings were pretty spectacular. And then we 
took it one step farther and got some cross-country skis as well and that warms your body up a little bit as you're going and the first time we used them last year it was a full moon and it was one of those really bright beautiful nights it had just snowed so there was snow all over the pine trees around us the only negative is that it was about negative 20 degrees that day (laughs) but in in pure celtic form what we did is we made it through and then went to one of our favorite places to get a drink afterwards there you go in in pure celtic form by the way yes warm yourself from the inside out yeah i think that it's really important I mean, it's like nature can reflect almost, Terry brought this up earlier, what we miss, what's missing, what's empty. That's the season we're in. I'm looking out my window right now. Those trees are pretty bare and dark. And I I have to tap in to, you know, Celtic New Year began on November 1st, where the dark half of the year really gets cooking. And there's something about redeeming the darkness too, you know? Celtic theology is a little different about this whole thing because the dark, it's a time of waiting, but waiting with focus and waiting with purpose, right? And all of us are parents, and one of us is a mother. There's nothing like waiting for a child to be born. There is something a gift, even in this time of year. We are waiting. We're waiting for the coming of the Christ child, right? Or, as my grandson said to me today, I'm waiting for a vaccine, (laughs) right? Originally, the color, the church calendar, the church year color, the liturgical color for Advent was purple. It was the same color as Lent. And um, somewhere in the 1970s, mainline Protestantism and some Roman Catholic churches and the Episcopal Church changed the color of the season of Advent. The church moved its color from purple to blue. So the church changed from a more expecting royalty, which we were at Christmas, but there was something penitential that became associated with the purple. And when the church shrunk the Celtic Advent just to four weeks, we changed this color a blue and it's because blue is a nature color and i know what the summer skies are like in wisconsin and they're like the skies in colorado and they're beautiful blue skies and the whole thing is given to us to draw our attention up to look up to look up is to look into the face of hope Because for ancient people, the Lord, when he was born, right, came from heaven, which was up, and lived his life. And then he ascended. He ascended up into the heavens. And in the early Celtic Christian movement, looking for the return of Christ, was always looking upward. It draws our hearts and our eyes and our focus away from the brown barrenness of what nature is showing us. And it draws our attention up to remind us it won't always be like this. There's real hope. God painted this hope in the sky so we wouldn't forget. Advent really is about waiting and it's about focus. 
And for us, it's going to be this crazy thing about praying for different countries and eating different food and looking up different saints. And we'll be ready for the hope of Christmas. And I think if people buy into this great international cuisine, prayerful, saintly time, they're going to be prepared too. We'll be looking up together all over the world. That'll be a good thing. We need some hope right now. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. As always, support the podcast by subscribing to it, giving it a five-star rating, and writing a review. Visit our website at CelticWay.org and subscribe to our updates. While you're there, please consider becoming a sustainable donor so that the message of Celtic Way can continue to influence the world today. Also, like us on Facebook at Celtic Way. Music for this episode by Gary Davidson and Susie Kinzera. Choice, rejoice.